this is the power is that you do it. No one outside of you is, is going to fix you. You are, and that's power. That's the medicine. Hi there. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Hecate, and this is Finding Okay, a healing podcast for survivors of sexual assault and any and all abuse. Today, I'm joined by Kara Elizabeth, the creator of the Animal Pharmacy card deck. Kara Elizabeth is an artist who resides in Brooklyn, and she is a survivor of childhood sexual trauma. When she couldn't find the healing tools that worked for her, she created her own. And that's how Animal Pharmacy was born. And now it's time for... Trigger and content warnings for this episode include the following. Childhood sexual abuse, trauma, PTSD, depression, religion, spirituality, discussion of medication and personal experiences with psychiatry, brief discussion of self-image, weight, and self-worth, mention of an eating disorder, and mention of a hospitalization. Neither Kara or myself are doctors, and we discuss our personal experiences with being on some medications. We are not giving medical advice, and we both fully support people working with their doctors to be on medication if it is needed or helpful. You deserve the support that works for you. Please take your prescribed medication and speak to your doctor before making any changes. Please check in with yourself and make sure you're all right to continue. Thank you so much for being here today. Welcome. Yeah. Oh my God. No, thank you for <laughs> for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm really, I mean, it, it's such an interesting question, right? Like, what does that even mean? And I think it's just like, man, there's so many like emotions and feelings going on. I mean, I'm continuously trying to grow. And when you are trying to grow all the time, life is constantly presenting you with like, well, here's another block you need to work on. <laughs> so it's just this up and downs and, you know, it's it's great and there's lows and there's highs and I'm good, but, you know, there's it's just embracing it and not being scared to run away from feelings and just, so yeah, I'm I'm really good, but there's a lot you know, behind that. It doesn't mean like I'm happy all the time. It's just like, I'm on my journey and that of, of finding and continuously stepping into myself. And that makes me feel so fulfilled inside and it's not easy, but I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm more than okay, but I don't even know what I am. (laughs) That was, yeah, i totally feel you yeah it's it's all about the growth and it is like such a process and it is uh it's it's messy and and so so um (laughs) continuous and changing and fluid and uh, yeah and I think everyone is always like chasing to be happy and like you know I have those moments all the time but there's this like toxic positivity culture like I gotta be high vibe all the time it's like no it's okay to feel these range of emotions. And in fact, when we do really feel them, I mean, I think there's a difference, like sometimes behind the emotion, there's a belief we shouldn't really be falling for. But like, when you allow yourself to feel those, it then 
dissipates it it goes away quicker and it yeah. instead of just bearing it down bearing it down bearing it down because i just want to be happy yeah that that whole um i'm not happy i should be happy the the whole right. should i'm supposed to be happy i i approach it from like a very buddhist um mm. standpoint you have this idea of what happiness is and uh and it's not all the time and it yeah. might not be what you think it is and i don't know and I think even with what you said with the Buddhist approach and I think a lot of different religions, it's really just honoring suffering. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and that's life. It's like this life is suffering. And once you accept that, then you can kind of like find the joy. You know, it's like for the seed to germinate and rip out of mm -hmm. itself to turn into its fullest self has to go through this whole process. And there's nothing easy about it, but it's like really kind of when we accept, I think it's all about accepting too, right? Like we accept ourselves, we accept the suffering, we accept it. And then it then, I think when we accept it, it allows that to kind of transform into something that can be like our greatest asset. Mm -hmm. All I can think of is a line from a poem that I'll have to put in episodes notes because I can't, I can't remember the author's name, but it's something along the lines of like, I said to the sun, tell me about the big bang. And the sun said it hurts to become. Wow. Yeah. I just, I just started thinking about that when you were talking about the seed. And, um, yeah, no, it's totally, it does hurt to become, but then it's so worth it. Once yes. you like get there, it's like, yeah, you, there's these moments of like, I, I mean, we'll get more into my journey, but I just am so grateful for every messed up thing that happened to me. I am so freaking grateful for it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. What's a compliment that you've received and never forgotten? What's ironic is everything about me and what I do with animal pharmacy is about like, don't look outside yourself. Don't look outside yourself. It's in you. It's in you. It's in you. But like everything in life, sometimes there's exceptions. So on my journey of stepping into myself, which I'm still on that journey, I had the hardest time believing in myself. And I was in a relationship and the person I was with, it was like, he saw me, he believed in me, he believed in animal pharmacy, like so hardcore. It, it was like he witnessed me and it almost allowed me to see it. So it's not exactly mm -hmm. a compliment. And and I it goes against everything that I'm all about. I'm like, don't look to someone else to find your value. But sometimes mm -hmm. it was just having someone honor, like, I just felt like he really saw me yeah. and it really helped me be like, yeah, I am doing it. It really, it was transformative for me because a lot of this journey, it does feel like I've been doing it on my own. So sometimes it's really amazing to have someone who's like, I, I see you, I believe in you too, you know, to just kind of confirm that this thing that I'm chasing is just like, you know, it's not all, all the stuff that, especially if you have a trauma background, oh my God, the like hurtful feelings you feel towards yourself and not feeling good enough. I mean, I think that's everyone, at least in American culture yeah. has some weird self-worth issue. But, um, so he kind of, it wasn't a compliment, but his belief and, and verbalizing his 
deep belief in me activated that part of me who also believes in myself. I love that answer. I love it. And uh, yeah, and I totally know what you're talking about because I'm I'm big on like, don't define yourself by somebody else. Don't look to somebody else to, you know, give you your self-worth. But at the same time, absolutely. No, you like nail on the head. There are absolutely some relationships and some people that really help you learn to reflect your true self back. Yes. Oh my God. Thank you. Yeah. And that's so important. And it also like teaches you how to see others and how to give that gift to others as well. Yes. Like there, it's, it's such a beautiful gift for us to all give each other when yeah. we can. It's not, it's not, it's not like, that's not your role in everybody's life, but every so often, like, I mean, and I, I mean, I think intuition is a big part of it. Like when, when you can just kind of feel like I'm supposed to see you right now mm-hmm. and you might be cranky about it even and not ready for it, but like, you're amazing and I see you and I'm here and I believe in you and uh, it might piss some people off too. I've pissed some people off um, because it, because it bumps up against some, uh, some internalized stuff that, that they've got to dismantle. Yeah. I actually had something recent. It's like, there's a friend of mine and I, see like an old part of myself in her, the shame she feels, the looking in the mirror and feeling ugly, the all this stuff. And I kept trying to be like, I was there too. It was, she could not hear me. She could not. I was like, you're not seeing an accurate perception. Like I, I was like, believe me, like I understand everything you're going through and like what you're feeling, you're, you're believing what the shame is telling you. Like you're, it, it's not. And she, it, it almost like made her angry. Like, because mm-hmm. I didn't validate how she was feeling in the way that I didn't go along with her story of low self-worth. I, mm-hmm. I was like, no, I actually see how amazing you are. And I've been there. But, you know, so like you said, sometimes, you know, and everyone's at where they're at. And that's cool. So, you know, we're all on our, we're all just trying to figure it out. So it's okay. I tried, but didn't didn't really cut it with her. <laughs> Yeah. And it's hard to, to like, to understand how to like really be present with someone who's going through that. Cause, cause certainly we always want to help them sitting with, yeah, 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 exactly. Like to, to validate that person, but also you're not able to validate that false story where it's just sort of like, I'm so sorry you're going through this and I totally feel you. And I've, you know, like I can relate to some degree, like, but also I disagree and I have to challenge that like to some degree and figuring out the degree to which you can challenge that or, or like what, what they're able to receive and like what's helpful and uh, yeah. And like when to push and how hard to push. And it's, it's just, it's rough. Cause yeah, 100% like um, I can, I can get mad sometimes at, at certain friends when, when they're like, really, really down on themselves when they're like really being disrespectful towards themselves and all yes. they're just like they're just shitting on them. There's like a whole episode like stop shitting on yourself, you beautiful bitch. <laughs> I love that. And uh 
And it it's like, I can get so frustrated where it's like, yo, I love you. How dare you talk to someone I right. love so much like that? Because right, it's like, exactly. if somebody else were talking about them like that, I'd be furious and I'd yeah. be like, don't you dare. And so it's, so there's like a little bit of that, like, don't you dare, but it's yeah. at them. And it's like, and I have to like check myself because I'm like, that might not be helpful. Exactly. Now you just have someone's mad at you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, weird. But, it's um, so, oh my God, it's so like, it's, it's such a, you know, dealing with emotions. It's a very slippery slope, you know? Yeah. My sister and I have, we just like say back and forth to each other. We're, we're just like feelings. We'll just yell it at each other. <laughs> I love that. It's just, uh, it's a mess. But what is your favorite color or color combination and um, what do you associate with it? So I love black and white next to each other. Oh, I love it. And, and it, like, I love this question because it, you also said next to each other. And I'm like, that's so cool. Because whenever people ask me my favorite color, I'm like black and white next to each other. Because it's like, I'm so into the oneness of dichotomy that actually mm-hmm. you can't have one thing without the other, the yin and the yang. But it's like this, you don't know one thing without knowing the other thing. But I don't even think I realized that till I got older. I, I, I was just always like attracted, like, God, that contrast. It's so beautiful. Like, it mm-hmm. just feels good. And then my other answer is always like, and the rainbow. Um, I mean, <laughs> but like, that's just like, because like, who doesn't love the rainbow? But um, black and white. I also, mm, which might work against me in my life sometimes, but I kind of like love extremes. So that extreme of one and the other next to each other. It's just so Mm. beautiful. It's just, you know, and then it even goes into just diversity of everything. Everything is boring if it's the same thing. So Mm. everything, you know, you don't figure out solutions unless there's like diverse minds trying to figure it out together. So I just, uh, you know, represents diversity. It represents contrast, but then oneness together, like just two stark, different things together that just align in perfect unison, black and white, like you can't go wrong. And if I had to summon you in a ritual, what five things would I need to place as offerings at each point of the pentacle on the floor? So one would be nachos um, (laughs) because I just love nachos. I'm also vegetarian, so there would be no meat involved. A Baha'i prayer book a little set of like gardening tools and seeds because I feel like that just represents like my my life is all about like just constantly challenging myself to grow into my true self so the the gardening tools and the seeds represent that but also that then my journey has been about like working with people also to step into their purpose so it's just like you know like the gardening tools, it, it just helps get, we got to get the weeds out of here. We got to get the right sun. We got to get the right water. We got it. So mm. the other would be this book called Animal Speak by Ted Andrews, which is all about animal medicine. And then I, I was toggling between like a keyboard or maybe like some kind of book by Carl Jung because it was in high school in a psychology class when we were learning about um, Freud and his kind of thing. And then Carl Jung, and I was just like, whoa, this guy like mixes 
you know, mysticism and spirituality with like the science of psychology, like this resonates with me completely where I was like, Freud is like, I'm analyzing myself. And like, you know, we're just, we're just kind of understanding psychology through like, um, Freud being like, this is what's messed up about me. And I'm projecting it on how everyone else works. But like, Mm. (laughs) you know, I felt like Jung was like, uh, he's just as into mysticism and that kind of union of of relating to finding our tr- true self through a spiritual path as well as like let's study behaviors in a concrete format was just so cool to me and then the keyboard I know that's six but like you know I'll just the, I make music like music is everything and I love to dance so yeah that's okay we'll like play music uh, yes. while yes. the offerings well, are on the pentacle. Yes. Okay, yeah. Done. Yeah. So you right, need a sound it. to activate the the circle. And we'll it dance. Makes sense. We got to dance. We yeah. have to dance. Yeah. Or someone has to dance. <laughs> cool. I'll have, I'll have to to play the music and dance around the pentacle with those things. Perfect. Done. It's all coming together. It's all coming together. You can take some nacho bites too at the end. Cuz <laughs> I feel like save the best for the last. I can't do any of I can't like do anything that's profound if I've just stuffed my face with junk food that's a fact (laughs) (laughs) what what do you put on your nachos I mean all the fixing I mean the regular like you got your guacamole your sour cream the cheese the salsa beans I prefer refried and then what it really comes down to is the chip like the chip has to be like a homemade good chip that's when you know it's a great nacho but I can do any really. I even gross nachos are good nachos to me. Mm-hmm. Have you ever tried a um, a crema instead of the sour cream? No. My partner rocked my world and changed my whole life and the whole nacho game when he was like, "Oh, you didn't know to do this. You mix in some fresh lime juice Wait. to your sour cream." Okay. And it becomes a completely different condiment. It oh. is the greatest thing that ever happened to nachos in my life. All right. Uh, thank you. And I just changed Top your life. Thing. You're welcome. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that thank was the you. true purpose be, of their interview a- and now it's done. <laughs> yeah. Done. Goodbye. I'm making that. Now you know awesome. about crema and we're all good. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> but I would love to hear three essentials to your self-care. I mean, I think the biggest thing is like, creating a relationship with the universe, the great mystery, God, the ultimate unknown, whatever you want to call that, but in this format of independent investigation of truth. So like, you know, whatever we're taught, I, I think that that relationship we create with the universe, it's so personal. And it's this thing that I think, one, it's important to independently investigate what you think truth is, and and truth, I mean, this this thing that we're existing in, you can like talk to it and like have a relationship with it, and that I, for me that is such an important part of having a relationship with this great mystery that is beyond me even trying to vocalize what that is because I don't even know. Does that make sense? The the great the the ultimate yeah. outcome. So. Having a relationship with that movement, absolutely a billion percent movement, 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 because I think that our bodies are holders of memories. Our bodies are 
our intelligence, our bodies hold this like spirit of light of the consciousness or the spirit of who we are. So honoring this, this body and, and we can actually use it to heal ourselves or to awaken things or to activate things. So movement is really big for me. And then understanding how to brainwash yourself. Now that's a game changer. So I think we're all programmed. We're like computers and it's like all the stuff that happens to us and the family dynamics and what we're being taught in society. And it's like, okay, we were brainwashed. Right. All right. So all these layers of things that were taught to us that make us feel horrible in our reality is because that's not who you really are. So learning how to deprogram yourself and reprogram yourself has been monumental for me. And one specific way that I've done that, that was a really big game changer. I'm not, I don't do it as much as I was doing it a little bit ago, but scripting. Are you familiar with scripting? No. So scripting is basically writing how you want your reality to be. So you do it before bed and you do it when you wake up. But like I was doing it hardcore for like a few months, like before I went to bed, because it's like before you go into the subconscious. And then when you wake up, because you're still like your subconscious is prime for reprogramming. And I would do it like through all my lunch breaks and stuff. But you write out like at least 10 minutes, you write how you want to see reality, how you want to be, but you say it as if it's already happened. So, you know, I'd be like, I'm so grateful. I fully stepped into myself. I love you know, I just love how I feel. I'm able to articulate myself. I'm doing interviews with people about animal pharmacy. So yeah, I scripted you. Um, like <laughs> I, yeah, no, seriously, it's crazy. It's freaking crazy. And there's one, I'll give a shout out because I won't take up too much time talking about this, but your listeners can check out Roxy Talks. If you look up on YouTube, Roxy Talks scripting, she breaks it down and I, I don't do it exactly how she does it, but it was really this, people do it for manifesting. Like, I want to be a billionaire and I want a relationship. And I was like, all right, cool. But like, I want to heal myself. I want to overcome. I want to I want to be my true self. So I wrote everything out as if I am. So it really um, changed the game. I think it was like far better than any therapy I've ever done in my life. And I'm like, yo, mm -hmm. scripting is, it's amazing. Because you're just brainwashing yourself to believe mm -hmm. in yourself if that's what you want to script. So mm -hmm. that could be one cool thing for if anyone resonates with that to check that out. Yeah, it's it's actually a part of my practice and has been a weird part of my life. But I just haven't heard it called that before. Um, yeah. And I generally don't talk about it either because I think manifestation is is like a very big part of of my personal practice, but it's, it's something that I'm just starting to kind of come to terms with and also like accessing in a different mm. way. Yeah. Um, and allowing, like giving myself permission to access because yeah. I accessed it unknowingly as a child mm. and in kind of a way that was problematic, uh, and scary. And, uh, and so kind of like mismanaged, I think, kind of like personal power. And, and so yeah. um, I think got scared of myself yes. a little yep. bit. Mm -hmm. And then like put limitations on myself or the, the way that I would allow my thoughts to work or how I would say certain things or do certain things. And so I'm trying to be 
mindful and empowering and also like allow myself to access that and, and give myself access to that power again. Um, yeah. and I, now that I'm an adult and I can like use that yeah. mindfully and, and responsibly. Yeah. That's interesting. It is funny because I think sometimes we're so scared of ourselves because we're so freaking powerful and this power is so powerful that it can destroy things and that, or it can do something that mm-hmm. is, yeah, there's, there's something to that. I mean, I would um, check out scripting if, if that resonates with you, because then you get to um, be in control of it, right? You get to be the one writing out consciously, like, you know, this feels right to me and this is what I want to manifest. But you just say it as if it, you've already done it. But check out. Um, yeah, that's that's what I started to do. Yeah. I started to write it and I would like write a careful statement, you know, when I was in like a, a you know, quiet, like alone space and I and I would like write out, you know, an, an intentional statement as if it were true um, to yeah. call it into being basically. Yeah. So I, I like that yeah. I like accidentally stumbled into it, but didn't yes. know what you were talking about. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, thank I just you for talking so, about that. Absolutely, because I just think it's so good. It's like, like I said, people are all like, I want to be like, you know, whatever with their manifesting and be a billionaire. I'm like, yeah, but this, this is the stuff you can use to heal yourself. Like this, this practice is so good for overcoming stuff. And like, mm-hmm. you know, and I think people with trauma, it's like, I don't want to like, make a statement for everyone. But there's this crazy feeling of disempowerment. So yes when you do things that you feel like you're in control of and that you feel like you're directing your life, there's nothing more healing than that. Yeah. Feeling like I'm steering the ship of and towards something that feels amazing for me instead of just being a victim to circumstances and you know watching everything fall apart. A victim of the universe or yeah. other people, whatever, right. however it may manifest, but yeah. um, a, a lack of control that lack of control uh is something that i think like is difficult to navigate and uh and i think uh especially if you have like any childhood trauma um yeah where the control was taken away from you where exactly. someone else had power over you yeah and and i mean for i mean for most of us like you already as a child you have so little yeah and then you know and the the people that you were supposed to be able to trust and sorry i just like dove into some heavy shit my bad but um i'd love to hear about your healing journey and about how the animal pharmacy deck came into being yeah that's like a that's like a double question kind of like loaded but i feel like they're probably they're all connected yeah no they're all totally connected so animal medicine is a philosophy that comes from the indigenous peoples of north america it's the idea the concept that Certain animals can come into our life. And if you, just like your dream book, if you study their behavior, their mythology, their lore, that there's these messages that we can take from them that are guidance and direction on our journey of stepping into our fullest self. So it's kind of like being able to read symbols and that everything in this reality is a mirror of something going on internally within us. So when certain animals come in, you study their behavior. But, you know, it's also important to say that just saying North American indigenous peoples is a blanket statement. There's so many different cultures within that. And that me understanding animal medicine is understanding from the outside that, you know, for many of these peoples, this is a life and 
I'm looking from the outside, kind of understanding that. So I just want to honor that. Like I, this is someone who's investigated this from the outside. I didn't exactly, I didn't grow up in this, but I learned about animal medicine. My mom was friends with this Native American woman when I was in high school, and she taught my mother about animal medicine, and then my mom taught me about animal medicine. I didn't, I don't know, I was in high school, I was like, okay, my mom's talking to like crows and ravens outside, whatever. Um, That's Hmm. weird. Um, But then I got to, I went to college in freshman year, I had this dream of like hundreds of thousands upon hundreds of thousands of ravens breaking into my room, crashing through the windows, crashing into me. And they were basically like, look, you need to know the truth. And the truth was like, you were molested as a kid. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. So I'm like 18 or something. And it, it just totally, I mean, there's so one, I remember that my mom was into this animal medicine thing. So I thought, well, you know, let me research and look up that what, what Raven means. And she had this book at home and it was called Animal Speak by Ted Andrews, which is one of the things in the five pentacles, the pentacle of when you summon me, what I had placed there. Mm -hmm. So it's all about these different meanings of these animals. And one of the things it said was that Raven has many different messages, but one is a messenger of a dark truth because they'll alert and tell all the deer and the animals in the forest when a hunter is coming. So they're going to tell you something you don't want to hear, but it's the thing that's going to save your life. Mm -hmm. So I was just blown away. And that's when I, you know, I was just like, I, I just totally was like, fell in love with animal medicine. And then that's been my journey of just like that connection to studying it and just being in love with it. And, um, so it, you know, and then it was this crazy journey of just like, Oh, it wasn't just once it was going on for years. And then, Oh, there's another person. And then, you know, along with also being like raped in high school, it's just like, wow, there's a lot of like, but I mean, the high school thing I knew about, but the, it it just kind of like made sense. Like all these things just keep kept happening to me. Um, but I, for 18 years, so from like 18 to 36, I had complex post-traumatic stress disorder Mm -hmm. And it was like constantly looking outside of myself for someone to heal me, for someone to fix me. And I mean, I saw every type of healer, like shamans, regular American psychiatrists, uh, acupuncturists, holistic, like Reiki, like every kind of healer. And it was like nothing. Therapy always just felt like, why aren't you giving me tools? Like, I'm just reliving everything talking about and like complaining with you and you're just listening and analyzing like I get it I know what happened to me like but no one's giving me tools so anyways it got to this point where it was like you know in my 20s I I thought well you know I'm dealing with all this at least in my 30s like I'll be better and it actually got worse in my 30s like I was dealing with like agoraphobia it just like kept getting worse and everything Mm -hmm. I was trying to like push for as an artist in my life 
was not coming to any kind of fruition and everything was just like falling apart. And, you know, I was totally also over medicated, like, let's give you uppers and downers at the same time. Like it was just, (laughs) uh, it was out of control. So, um, so feel that. (laughs) Yeah. Like the whole pharmaceutical situation of just like not even regulating, like clearly you're dealing, I I had dealt with like, I was kind of like a pill head, you know, I was like addicted, like anything not to feel what's going on. And it's just like, yet you're serving me all these pills that are just actually making me crazier in my head. But anyways, that's another story. So it got to this point where I was like, I I either got to like kill myself or I have to change every single thing. And it's going to start with me like getting off all medication. And, you know, cause I thought, cause if it doesn't work out, the, the death option is always there, but I decided to change everything, got off medication, started this like crazy relationship with talking to the universe. And I did everything to kind of figure out like, how to, to self heal, like making sure what I'm eating, okay, I got to start working out every day to get those endorphins up. And then, you know, asking life, like crying on my roof and praying to the universe and asking like, please inspire me, please help me help people, please help me help myself. And then I came up with animal pharmacy and animal pharmacy. When I was having this deep communion and asking for help from the universe, it was kind of like, it's not going to be outside of you. Like no one's going to help you. It's you who's going to help you. So Mm. I, I was inspired to do animal pharmacy and I create, it's a 64 card deck and each card was a guidance and advice of something that I needed to, to overcome, to heal from, to work on. And now the card deck and the guidebook, I'm in the pre-publishing phases, but I do sessions with people and it's all about, you know, I don't claim to be a guru, a shaman, none of that. I'm like, you're your guru. You're your shaman. You heal, like you overcome it. You, for me, it's all about, it was so empowering to stop looking outside of myself. That Mm -hmm. is what has done so much profound work when it was not about who's the thing that's going to heal me. Who's like the the thing that like, what is the thing outside of myself going to help me? It was never the thing outside of myself. It was me. It was me. It was me. And I just going through everything I've gone through. I'm just, Oh my God. I'm like, you can do it. You can do it. Everyone can do it. Everyone is born with this purpose, this gift, this thing that we're all chasing and we don't even know what that is. And, you know, I I think that with the sessions, the card deck, it, it really is formulated to help you connect with yourself. So it connects you to you. And within that, it, it allows you to like figure it out for yourself. So I differ. I don't do tarot. I'm not trying to tell you your future. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to get you to tell you your future, right? It, it's mm-hmm. like, this is the power is that you do it. No one outside of you is, is going to fix you. You are, and that's power. That's the medicine. So that has been my journey with 
overcoming my trauma. And like, I still deal with stuff, obviously, but oh my God, I'm a totally, so this journey of animal pharmacy I've been doing for three years, it's like, I'm a totally different person. It's crazy. I mean, the other thing I like to say though, is because everyone's really into manifesting and they're like, you gotta believe in yourself. And yes, it totally helps to believe in yourself. Oh my God. That's so great when you believe in yourself. But I always like to tell people, you can still do it and not believe in yourself because I didn't believe in myself. Oh my God. I I love that you said that. Thank you. Yes. Oh my God. It's okay. Like, and that's the thing too, because then you feel worse. Like I'm never going to manifest it because I don't believe in myself. Oh my God. Yes. Right. What a vicious fucking cycle. Oh my God. And it's like, no, you can, you do not need to believe in yourself. What you need to do is not give up on yourself. As long as you make consistent effort, you don't have to like, it, it will culminate. It will become this avalanche of something. And then eventually you'll believe in yourself. But like, I'm a firm believer. No, you just keep going. You keep doing you. And you know, the other thing is like, you can feel like crap about yourself and you can feel like it's not perfect and you can be scared, but you've got to do it feeling like crap about yourself. You cannot wait to feel good about yourself. You have to do it being insecure. You have to do it not knowing what you're doing. You have to do it with no confidence. And then slowly you get the confidence, but it's like, everyone's waiting, like, I'll do it when it, you know, it's like, I feel some kind of way. It's like, no, you do it feeling gross. And just like the believing in yourself. Yeah. It feels way better to, to feel self-assured and like, you know what you're doing before you do something, but like, you'll never feel that until you start doing it and figuring it out. So I also feel the same way about there's this, um, there's this really just like, I feel like it's, uh, really kind of like an unhealthy thing that exists out there where where we're always told like no one's going to love you unless you love yourself and it's like that's bullshit like you're like you're never gonna find love unless you find self-love first and it's like no you can absolutely find love in the world and it's valid if you're still like having issues with self-worth or self-love like whatever that means to you like you can be depressed or have mental health issues like and, and also love. find love in the world and that and that love is is valid and uh and and also you still deserve it and like you know I, like fuck that like i every time i see one of those memes i just want to just like shake my monitor or oh my, my phone like and just be like no it's like and much. it's an extra sketch and i'm can just like yeah. make it go oh away. my god <laughs> it, and they're so like it's just like these memes that are just like the most basic things ever that I'm like, what is this guidance? Like this, is this for like a kindergarten <laughs> or two also like, but I love that you just said that because that was medicine for me to hear because I, it was just like when you're saying it, I'm like, Oh my God, duh. Because I'm actually, I, I do get caught up in that too, where I'm just like, I gotta feel some type of way to like get this thing to, you know, um, the, the manifesting community, it's just as sick as it is cool. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of like weird talk because I feel like they're the ones too, like gotta be positive all the time. And like, I'm like, Oh my God, get over it. And, and sometimes it feels like there, there's this preaching of living in absolute delusion. Like, 
You yes. just have to act like oh. you're in a relationship. Oh my gosh. Your I boyfriend's love... sleeping next to you. It's like, <laughs> wait, are, oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. No, there's all this stuff about like getting back your toxic SP, they call them, your specific person. And I'm like, has anyone ever like said, maybe you shouldn't be with the guy who punched you in the face and raped you, but like, oh, but I can manifest him into healing and getting him back. And we're going to be, I'm like, wait a minute. Like, what is going on? Why are we like preaching to these <laughs> girls or whoever? Like, yeah, you can get that guy who cheated on you back and to be better than ever. I'm like, why don't you tell her to move on or him to move on or them to move on? Like, whatever. Like, why are we trying to get the weird person who totally disrespected us to come back in our life? But that's another story. <laughs> yeah, 100%. No, no, thank you. You know, just like, oh, you can fix it's, it's just an, it's just like a toxic positivity like version of you can fix him. And it's like, how about we stop providing this emotional labor oh and like right. wrapping it up in, I don't know, like spirituality? It's, it's just yes. the same misogynistic bullshit. Can we not do this yes. anymore? I, I'm yeah. also like really here for like I it's gonna get like gender specific for a minute. Okay. And that's like generalized. Uh and I like I am non-binary, so I feel kind yeah. of weird when I do this, but also like I do feel like it's very true that it is a classic thing that like women, specifically cis women, are especially socialized to provide free emotional labor uh to mm. cis men. And I'm like really here for the rejection of that that's starting to happen uh where where people are realizing that when where women are starting to realize that and refuse to do that labor uh unless it is appropriate or reciprocated and i'm psyched what role does intuition play in your life and in your healing Intuition is an interesting one for me. I identify my intuition as an owl because the owl um, mm. sees in the dark. And I, I also look at intuition as this, this like fluid kind of power within me. And when I use a desperation of trying to figure out, like, I need to know the answer. The fluid flow of the intuition actually, like, feels like it's caged and it's like, I'm out of here. So <laughs> when I'm trying to connect with knowing what is the right thing to do or how to go about a situation, I try to have a conversation with my intuition and, and ask for guidance and advice from that and then leave it alone. Because the more I seek to know the answer, it it just kind of gets strangled and doesn't allow my intuition to come through. So I allow it to kind of, I, I ask to receive the answer and then I know it'll just come when it comes and however it comes. Hmm. I don't know if that really answers your question because I feel like a lot of my life was was being really cut off from my intuition just because of things that have happened to me and you get cut off from your body and you get cut off from feeling, you get a cut off from who you truly are because life is, you know, painful and we create this body armor and these um, defense mechanisms that cut us off from this inner knowing. Mm -hmm. So I, I noticed that the more I, I work on trying to 
uncover my true self that my intuition heightens. And I don't even know how to explain what that looks like. I don't even, you know, know. It almost sounds too logical to be like, it's an inner knowing. I'm just like, that's logic. Like, that just sat, like, I can't even like give it a word, but there's just something that is more open to run through me. Does that make sense? When I'm more mm-hmm. open and I can tell like, oh, I'm closed or I'm open. So I guess I would understand too, my intuition is just flowing through fully when I'm, when I'm open and I'm not constricted. And when I'm constricted, there's, you know, something that's being strangled and closed off and maybe like coming from a place of fear. So I can't always access that. And it's, it's okay that I can't always access it, but I think it weaves in and out. And, you know, I, and it kind of is just being okay, like with whatever I'm feeling and like accepting, like, oh man, I feel constricted. And when you don't accept it, it just kind of like heightens that constriction and the cutoffness. So I try to be okay with when I'm, I don't feel totally in alignment, but when I'm a bit more open. I do notice my intuition is like popping way more, but it's okay if it's not. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. No, and thank you for yeah. talking about that. I asked also because um I felt like there was a, a high chance that maybe like a little bit of intuition came into play with the animal pharmacy deck uh and with some of the work that you do. And me personally I have like a very complex uh, relationship with intuition or getting in touch with it or what that even means because I have past trauma um, because yeah. I feel like so much of intuition and being in touch with it is is also connected to knowing what feels right. And if you have past trauma, especially sexual trauma, that understanding what feels right and acknowledging oh my God. that yeah. feeling is disrupted or can be disrupted by sexual trauma. And so I think there's, which is a part of what makes it like also like a spiritual wound as well. Um, Yeah. Just all sorts of like weird intersecting aspects. Yeah. You know, it's, I'm glad you actually kind of like directed it to that because it has, and I, I touched on a little bit, but it, it has been really hard to know, like, is this fear that's telling me I shouldn't do this? Or that's, is this, I think that's why I even had a hard time answering your question because it has been a really complicated relationship with my intuition. And it's kind of like, I I think that in my life, fear has been a huge ruler and it's, just the last three years, it's been a lot less. Like, I mean, it was more like terror was ruined, running my reality. Mm-hmm. And I think that animal pharmacy, because I created it for you to connect to you, it is this way to connect to your intuition. It was, it, it's a toolbox that actually gets you in touch with yourself. And in the guidebook and what I do in my sessions there are different, I call them reading sessions. So it's not just like you're doing a reading. It's not just like a therapy session, but it's a reading session. And there's these things that lead you on this journey. There's all different like writing exercises to connect Mm -hmm. with yourself, to figure out what's really going on. Is this thing that is causing this difficulty? 
is this actually related to a limited belief or what is this related to? And it, it brings you on this journey of self-reflection to intuitively figure out what's going on. And then I always like to steer it in the direction of then shifting you into a positive, a better headspace about it. Because I think what really is painful for a lot of us who have dealt with PTSD or trauma, there's just this, we can kind of understand what's going on and we can try to work through it, but we're like left in it. We're left in that, that sludge and garbage of that pain. So, Mm -hmm. you know, how can we kind of work through that and then shift you into understanding how can we transmute that that pain into into a light? How can we get you to understand that this is this obstacle that might currently be happening is actually an amazing thing for your journey of stepping into yourself. So animal pharmacy is a way to to heighten your intuition to work on your it's to connect you with you and and even mm-hmm. sometimes I because yeah. I guess, the word intuition to me, I'm like, I don't even know what the, (laughs) you know, some people are like, Oh, I I have, you know, dreams and then they happen. I have a heightened intuition. I just know this about a person. I'm like, I don't know. I kind of think everyone's awesome. And then they can show me they're gross. Like, you know, and I, I feel like I, I have a good gauge on things, but sometimes I also am just like, maybe my intuition isn't always, you know, popping, but it, definitely animal pharmacy is this way to if we're understanding intuition as this way to connect with the inner answers then yeah animal pharmacy is created as a toolbox to help you get there and connect with those inner answers Mm, I love that thank you I wanted to ask you said you were raised Baha'i and a lot of people don't know what that is or even that it, it exists. Um, so yeah. I wanted to make space to to be like, hey, like tell me about that and like how has that facilitated your your healing or your relationship with the universe or just sort of like what what place does that hold in your life? Yeah. The Baha'i faith is we believe in all world faiths. We believe that all these things are talking about the same things and that, you know, these different religions, I I mean, let's, I'm the first to say like religion is pretty corrupt, Mm -hmm. but I think that these religions have these beautiful teachings and then, you know, they get manipulated by humanity and turned into power and all this stuff. But we Mm -hmm. believe in all world religions that they're all speaking about the same thing from a different viewpoint and that um, we believe in one creator, we believe um, and, and whatever, you know, I think so. I used to get triggered by the word God. I'm cool with it now, but like, I also love saying like, uh, or great mystery. I really subscribe to, cause it's just like, what, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, it's just like something so much bigger than yourself that you can't explain science and we believe science and spirituality are totally intertwined the equality of women and men unity and diversity we believe in the oneness of the human family and honestly the mission of being a bahai is to be of service to humanity in order to create world peace so i would say that you know in some of our talks before where i'm like i'm super positive about you know humanity's you know where we're going is because 
regardless if I'm right or wrong, I was taught the evolution of humanity will lead to world peace. And no, that doesn't mean that everything's going to be fine. We're all going to be friends, but it will not be as horrific and sick. And we're destroying each other and we're destroying mother earth. Like this evolution of consciousness of our spiritual development of stepping into our true selves. So like what, and this is just my personal right now, what I'm about to say is that, you know, if we look at the evolution of humanity and there's been this portion where it's just like we're inundated with programming and i think there's going to be this and what i see happening is there's this backlash of i'm not this system i'm you know you're saying this is what a man is supposed to act like i'm not that you're saying this is what this is supposed to be i'm not that like mm-hmm. we're not falling for it anymore so it's like people are finding their true selves i think on this journey of us going through this whole process of all the pain and the suffering and all this stuff, it is, you know, there, we will be led to a deeper understanding of who we are. And I think at the end of the day, we're going to understand we're one human family. We are one, we are one, we are one, you are me, I am you. You're just a different, you're, you're experiencing reality through the gift of who you are and I'm experiencing it through the gift of who I am, but we are all this one thing. And, and it it is about the oneness and it is about the unity of all of us. And we're all, we're all, we're all trying to figure it out. We're just all, we're all doing the best that we can do. So, um, I mean, that's a little bit about my faith and a little bit of my, my own feelings and stuff, but this is why I have such a deep, belief that there will be just something beautiful that happens in humanity but for my own self and my relationship with the with the great mystery or god of the universe it was even kind of painful at one point cuz you know we growing up in a judeo christian kind of understanding and even though i was raised bahai there's there's this like immediate thing of like god is this masculine thing and i had a really hard time with my relationship with God because it felt masculine and I felt like my life, I I really felt like for a long time, like because of my trauma, not because of my religion, because of my trauma, that life was meant for suffering and that you're going to have these dreams of things that you want to do in your life, but you're never going to achieve them because this is the sick joke of the universe Mm -hmm. and you're meant to suffer. And, and then having this weird, just growing up of, hundreds of thousands or hundreds of years of just kind of, you know, everyone's like puts this like weird masculine idea of God. It just all scared me. Like it was just so like, so yeah. yeah. So through the last three years, like, and, and this relationship with communion with the universe. And I, I was going on my roof every night for an hour, every morning before I went to work for an hour and crying and yelling at God or whatever this thing is and but then asking for help and you know this weird kind of old world order archaic thing that this idea this image of this weird thing we think God was and like I said like I grew up a high like it's a very like unknown beautiful thing like we understand like we are we believe we are created from love, that we are love. And that's a very beautiful teaching, but you're still affected by the society you live in and the the teachings that, you know, what God is. 
So I, I felt I fell into that weird understanding that society taught, even without being taught that by my family. So mm-hmm. I I created this different relationship with the unknown and it's so beautiful. It's so it's like heartbreakingly beautiful. I could cry right now. It's so mm. it's so divine. It's so mysterious. I'm sorry, I'm getting choked up. It's so beautiful where you I cry now understanding that my suffering was meant so I could help people and I honor my suffering and and I I honor everything and understanding that life has been working through me this whole time and facilitating me to step into my purpose and you know that like when I almost gave up on myself that life was there you know, I cried to the world and I asked to, I said, I, you know, I said on my roof, I screamed, I said, what do you want me to do? What do you want me? You know, I want to help. I want to help. Like, I don't know what you want me to do. And then I, then it, after some time, it was like animal pharmacy came to me and it was like, that was a gift from life. That wasn't me. That was God. That was the universe that was the great mystery, whatever this is. And I'm sorry, I know some people might be triggered by the word God. And I just want you to know, like, I mean it in the most open, like, bizarre way that I don't understand what this thing is. But it 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 worked through me. And it let, you know, and I just feel so grateful for that. And everything I've gone through, all the suffering was worth it even when it still messes me up, even when I still get triggered, it's like, it's all, it's all worth it. I don't know. It's so mysterious. It's so beautiful. It's so poetic. It's so painful. It's so joyful. It's so a range, a spectrum of every feeling and emotion. And it's beyond anything I could ever understand. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my um, relationship with that on my personal journey. Because I think when you're dealt the cards of really sick, horrific trauma when you're a kid and having things that are against nature happen to you, it um, can create a really painful relationship with your existence. So for me, I had to there was a lot of this sick understanding of what I thought this life was. And, you know, I've worked through that. There's this feeling of love and protection now from life, as opposed to being terrified of it. Thank you so much for talking about literally all of that. And I want to let you know that I'm just like quietly crying too, because I just like so much love to you. And thank you so much for, for being so open and, uh, and real. And that's so, so beautiful. And thank you so much for, for sharing that beautiful relationship that you have with the universe because it's yeah, so it's you. so personal too and i i so appreciate it it's so important yeah thank you for letting me um share that with you yeah i just yeah i just relate <laughs> so much to so much of that <laughs> yeah oh i want to check into how are how are you feeling in 
your body? How are you doing? Are you okay right now? Yeah. And is there anything that I can do in this space right now for no, you I just or with you? Thank, I just want to thank you. That's how I feel. Like, I just thank you for um, this moment of just uh, allowing me to express myself. So thank you. Yeah. No, and thank you so much for um, for being willing to, because that's like, I really, I really think honesty and, uh, and vulnerability, I think that's how survivors can help each other. Yeah. This is, this is the kind of shit, like, a therapist can't do this for you. No. We can do this for each other. We can relate to yeah. each other and, uh, and, and some, you know, like, as like, and this isn't me like saying anything against therapy. Like I go to therapy right. every week, but there are certain aspects of healing that I have come to understand that I can't find there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And connecting with other people who have similar experiences of suffering right. is so important to just like check in with each other and be like, Holy shit, how are you getting through this? And having yeah. real responses, not just bullshit. Right. And you know, that other feeling of like, yo, I feel that too. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I know, like that thing you just said right there, like, I know that. And like, you know, it's so, I think having, complex PTSD for 18 years. I and I know so many people do, but I honestly felt like I couldn't relate to anyone like I'm having a breakdown in the stock room at work every single day. Yeah. I'm going in secret crying. No no one else seems to be terrified of reality. No one else seems to be just like t- like having this really insane relationship with themselves or at least they're not talking about it, but it it can feel very alone like yes you know yeah so alone so and and that's the thing too and I I think it's so important for everyone going through it too is it also feels like it's never gonna end and I've had I've heard people say like you can't heal PTSD I'm like nope well guess what I didn't heal it but I overcame it like I don't even know what healing is anymore honestly but I'm like because to me I'm like those kind of sick things, you can't undo that. Like, I don't know, but I overcame it. Mm-hmm. Like I had 18 years of, as an adult of just reliving my trauma every day. And I honestly thought like, you know, after five years, you're like, why does this keep going? after 10 years? Like, whoa, I thought I would, whoa, after 15 years, you're like, still like, this is still a thing for me. And then, but I think it's important for people to know who do deal with PTSD for a long, long time. Like don't think that you can't overcome it because you can. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it takes a really long time. That's okay. Like it's, but you can, it is not something that you have to be stuck with your entire life. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, totally on the, uh, on, I mean, first thing, like on the fronts of like being told, like, you can't heal PTSD and like hearing that and internalizing that and believing that and even like repeating it um, uh, is, is totally a thing. And like, I, like I have no fucking idea. And you know what? Neither does the medical community. 
Right? We are still learning about how trauma affects the brain. Boom. Bottom line, period. Yeah. We are still learning. We don't understand everything about trauma and the way it affects people on like any level. It is oh, still because- a branch of, of, of medicine and science. And, uh, and it's like this ongoing thing. And so like that just can't be known. We're still right. figuring it out. You're, and so we're all still figuring this out too. And that's just something like that exists. Like I, yeah. And so I, I think like having these conversations and hearing from other people that have had PTSD or CPTSD for so, so long, like entire lifetimes. And, uh, but just hearing like, Hey, it's such and such amount of time down the road for me. I've I've dealt with this for this long. Here's how I'm doing. Here's how I'm feeling. This is what I'm experiencing. To be able to hear from somebody who's in similar shoes or has a similar condition uh, and hearing that like that there's another side to it. That maybe yeah. like even even if it's not somebody saying like I healed my PTSD, I don't have it anymore. To be able to hear from somebody who's gone through something similar, who's had similar experiences of PTSD, and say, I don't experience hypervigilance anymore. Yeah. Like I'm not constantly I'm switched not ter- on. I'm not right. terrified I'm not all terrified. the time. Exactly. Yes, exactly. And that's what I'm saying right now. I'm not terrified all the time right. anymore. And, and that's I used so to be important. For 18 years. I know. Yeah. And I didn't even realize it for, for part yep. of it. Like I didn't even yep. understand how fearful I was, how that the amount of hypervigilance, like that that wasn't how other Gosh, people right? were operating. Yep. It, right. and, and that does like, but I did, I had to understand on some level because I did feel so alone. Yeah. And um, I still don't have a great startle response. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Loud, sudden noises are still not my favorite thing in the world. Um, but everything is so much better. And, and I'm able to actually experience like, switching off like not having that constant red alert in the background of literally yeah. every moment of my life and this also for me as well this constant self-loathing self-hate and shame mm. I, I it still trickles in and out every now and then but like I, I that was my baseline of mm-hmm. just you know this utterly painful relationship of of just so painful oh my god it was just like and then you're you're just it's you so you have to live with this like self-hate feeling this shame oh my god the shame the shame the shame um Mm -hmm. but these are things that we can you know we don't have have to and I think one thing that was really helpful was this moment too when I decided to change everything was to stop identifying with it stop you know and it's important to kind of like analyze and understand like what are these symptoms what are these things what okay so I'm diagnosed with this but then I kind of realized that me being like I I have PTSD I was molested this is my life I'm messed up that was like my identity. And I decided to no longer be that identity of, I have PTSD. I have this, I, this is what's wrong with me. I stopped identifying with that, which 
was also a very like, you know, interesting journey because I didn't even know who I was without having, like I was the PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting too, because I think therapy can also do these things where they label us and then mm-hmm. we are, we, we're okay. I'm that, you I know what I mean? Like, yeah, 100%. Yes. Yes. I so relate so, to that. There's this thin line of being aware of what's going on, but like, you know, like, are you gonna that who you are? Yeah. Like, I was the mental illness. I was mental illness, and then it was just like, whoa, what am I doing here? Like, it, it's like the more I just saw myself going deeper into it, and I just kept relating more and more, and then it was like, I gotta, something's gotta change. <laughs> Yeah. I don't want to be this. And I and I think there's there's also like I think it's kind of normal for for there to like especially if if it's like a new diagnosis or you know like you're learning about it you're process like I think over identification is is really easy to do and and almost like kind of like normal for a time. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh at, at least for me like I think it was a part of me processing it and also like uh incorporating it into myself and acknowledging it and accepting it that like, Oh, this is a part of who I am. Even though I will also say there was a misdiagnosis in there. So I really accepted and incorporated like a mental health uh, diagnosis that was incorrect. And that can happen a lot with PTSD. Uh, Oh my God. Because Yes, because PTSD looks like every disorder at once. So they're like, well, then yeah. you have ADD. It's like, no, it's actually just a part of PTSD. Yes. So I've also know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, it was uh, it was a mood disorder. I was um, and I and I think there was I will say, I think this was also partial like sexism as well, because it was a male doctor and I was an adolescent person who was assigned female at birth. So Mm-hmm. got a vagina and I've got these symptoms and uh and I'm like a prepubescent like you know girl to your eyes displaying these symptoms and uh they went with mood disorder mm-hmm. uh you know and so I was diagnosed bipolar type 2 and that's a heavy diagnosis it was a very heavy diagnosis that's heavy having bipolarity that's a very big deal in your life and Huge. so even it's just been within the last uh, couple years that I actually figured out that that was a misdiagnosis, that I don't have bipolarity. And actually, wow. like, having to shed that thing that I had Identity, accepted yeah. about myself, about my life, about how I function as a human being, that was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, yeah. uh, and I think that had to do with, um, you know, medicine is a crazy thing. And, uh, yeah, and we're still figuring out, like, a whole bunch of things about trauma and the brain. And, you know, ideas about gender um, also yeah. affect those those things, you know, when, when you're Absolutely. dealing with another human being who is uh, trying to listen to you and, and hear you or understand you uh, when they are, you know, when it, it's going through a filter of uh, yep. preconceptions. So, right. you know, oh. Like I'm going to put on my girl glasses and look at you. What yeah. I think this like is, try yeah, to listen exactly. to you and I've got all this bullshit in the way that society yeah. is 
you know, so nicely programmed. Um, yeah, you to exactly. Yep. But um, yeah. But uh, oh shit! I like got on a little rant and then totally lost my train of thought. I'm here for that it. happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not mad at it. I mean, I just think we were saying like identifying with these kind of labels of diagnosis and it's great and helpful kind of to understand self-awareness, but Mm. sometimes you can be misdiagnosed, which is, and then also then being only thinking you are that diagnosis and everything kind of your life is led by that. You know what, for me, that changed it all was towards like the end of the 18 years of PTSD, I was like, oh my God, I'm letting this guy that molested me, he's ruling my life still. Oh my God. Like he's still ruling. I'm like getting all Mm -hmm. feeling right now. Like I am let, like he's what's going on. Like, I can't do this. I can't let this thing that happened to me as a kid that like, no. Yeah, so, realizing the amount of power that they somehow still have yeah. over you and your life yeah. and your experience on this planet, which is precious and for a limited amount of time. And yeah. it's like, wow, why do you get to do that? And how much of yeah. it is me letting you do that? And yeah. and what a yep. what a crazy question because like, oh, yeah, so you uncomfortable question. Cra- I'm still no, asking myself that no, question. No, what's interesting about that question is because there's these two sides to this thing. Mm -hmm. There's okay. This thing is these, these things, these crimes against humanity, these crimes against nature are going to mess you up. Like it's just so, it's just so messed up and sick that you can't not be messed up. It changes your brain chemistry. It changes everything. So there's this part that like, this thing outside of yourself, like you don't have control over that. Yeah. Your response to trauma is totally valid. And of course it messed you up. Exactly. But then there's just some point where autonomy has to kick in. There's a choice. There's something that happens where it's like, Whoa, am I going to like, but it's such a hard choice because for so long I, I didn't, I didn't feel like I had a choice. I felt like I was ruled by the crazy brain, the crazy, I I was like, you know, I can't control this, these thoughts, these feelings, like I can't, I'm triggered. I, I can't, it's not a choice. And then I don't know how one, it slowly became a choice. Like it did not, obviously I told you, I was like an in it for 18 years, but it was this long, this consistent work of, you know, creating animal pharmacy, changing the way I ate, changing all these things, scripting and, and reprogramming the way my subconscious thinks. you know, so it, it, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's, it's just, there's nothing easy about it, but it's definitely, oh, I fucking possible. love this moment that we got to right here. And what we're like talking about in this moment, I fucking love you for like, <laughs> for (laughs) bringing us to this moment where I can just acknowledge like how frustrating it is to be a survivor, to be in that place of your process, of your healing process where it's not a choice. And to hear people, I mean, like there's people who aren't survivors who will be saying it, which is like a whole another level of unhelpful, but also like the conversations with, with some survivors who will be saying it is a choice. You just have to choose to 
not, you know, like blah, blah, blah. Like, and it's so, I mean, like it's triggering in its own way where it's just sort of yeah. like, I can't just choose to switch this off. Right. 100% I can't just valid. choose to not be triggered. Yeah. Like you just have to choose to not be a victim anymore. And it's just sort of like, right. here's, here's the thing. There is an element of autonomy and choice but it's a whole process to get to that point for you. Oh that point will arrive for you and no one else can tell you when or how. And whatever you experience up until that point, whenever you find it, is completely valid. Yep. Everything's exactly. fucking valid. Like you're valid. Your trauma is valid. Your process is valid. And it is your own timeline. And it is completely unlike everyone else's. Your healing is unique to you. And your healing timeline is unique to you. And that point where an element of choice will arrive and you'll feel it in yourself, no one else can tell you when that happens or when it should happen. There is no should. It'll happen when it's right for you. And that depends on you and the work you do and just how you're going to heal. And you will lead, your body will lead you to it in whatever way it comes. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And it's never going to be fast. I'll tell you that. That's the one thing I think, like, it's going to take time. And and that's okay. It's, this is a process. And you'll, you know, I think if, if you commit to wanting healing, to wanting to figure it out, you will subconsciously lead yourself there one way or another. And a lot of times you have to go through hell and you have to go to your breaking point. You have to do things that you think you would never do and go to your lowest low. And that's maybe how you then lead yourself Mm -hmm. to coming back up. But I, I love what you said. Yeah. It's totally individual. It happens how it happens. We lead ourselves in our own way. And, um, Mm -hmm. and that, that too, I think also is empowering because it's not some square script of how you know it's supposed to be and it's, you yeah. know it's just like there's what if those ever worked? logical about it <laughs> what when have those ever worked <laughs> never never yeah and i love too that the tools for healing are so unique to each person like some people like talk therapy 100 some people right. talk therapy doesn't work for them and that you're here and you created your own tool that's something that I completely love where you found the tools for your own personal healing journey lacking in your life and you asked for help and then you communicated with the universe and yeah. created that tool for yeah. yourself and for others and you're sharing it with others and it yeah. will resonate with other people and right. uh, and be a new tool that other people can access. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. And you know, and it's exactly what you said, you know, not everyone is going to resonate with what I do. But everyone has kind of a group of people that can relate. And it's like, there are people who can, can get on the train of what I'm doing, and it works for them. Just like you said, some, some things don't work for some people, some other things do. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it worked for me. And there's a whole mess of people that animal pharmacy works for too. And, um, yeah, it, it is. It, it's funny because I just remember always, you know, so many different therapists. I'd be like, uh, when I would meet the new therapist, I'd be like, you know, I um, go to these therapy sessions. Whenever I meet a new therapist, I'm like, hey, 
I don't want to come in here and just complain and regurgitate my trauma and just talk about how my week was crappy and how I got triggered. I actually want tools. And they'd be like, yeah, I can do that for you totally. And not once, not once. It just was always this thing of like, let's, yeah. let's talk about, let's complain about the week. Let's talk about how this is affected by your trauma. And I'm like, oh God, like, can we just like, <laughs> I just need tools. So then that led me Uh, It's like, see, you have to go through the things that don't work to figure out what does work. So yeah, true. Very true. Yeah, some uh, man. um, And I'm I'm probably gonna have to go through it again at some point. But like, and I've been to a lot of therapy. I started therapy in second grade. um, After some childhood trauma that wasn't identified as child abuse but totally wow. was wow. um they were like oh my god why is she so sad <laughs> we should get her help yeah. <laughs> right um but yep. let's not let's not identify what's what actually happened as wrong wow yeah that's a whole other issue in itself that i'm sure created a whole bunch of other issues yeah that was weird <laughs> That, that's like a whole mouthful there but um <laughs> yeah but um but yeah but i've been i've been to th- so much therapy and i've been through so many intakes and like anybody with freaking ptsd or like any kind of like trauma i'm sure can relate especially if you have like a laundry list of trauma intakes with new therapists or new doctors or just like having to like sit there and and they're like okay so what's like your history and you're just sort of like all right strap in yeah (laughs) you have to like go through the whole thing and like make it fit into the session as well like and if you have too many like it can be a whole thing especially if there's like something really weird that like takes explanation and it like is like a weird situation that's that's gonna like have where they're gonna ask questions and they're gonna have to have it explained to them and and will like have if it's something unusual there there'll be like that happens and you're like oh yes let me tell you yeah yeah um i've got one of those and uh which is just like did you know that witch hunts still happen and did and it's just sort of like let me explain that to you yeah yeah (laughs) because they always have questions or even explaining certain diagnosis, like there, it's like, because if you've been through the whole thing of different therapists and all this stuff, and like, you're like explaining to them like, oh, so EMDR, it's this thing. It's like, the, it's like you're teaching them like things that like you would think they would know too. But because you've been to so many therapists, it's like, mm. you know, all the different like healing modalities and like EFT and, da, 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 and this and they're like, wait, what are you talking about? And you're like, oh, let me tell you about this thing that apparently you didn't learn in your, um, mm. you know, school. Mm. So that for me, that was like another kind of, oh my gosh, you know, like, oh, do I know more about this than you? <laughs> and then they ask, what medications have you been on? Or like if if oh, there's ever yeah. a situation where they ask you not just what you're taking, but what you ever have taken or like, oh, like have I you ever tried this medication? And it's like, I don't remember. Exactly. No, exactly. I have been tried on so Thank many you. drugs. Oh my God. <laughs> like started with an e 
and then I don't know, but there was yeah, so yeah. many. It started yeah, with an R. No, it sounds like so this, but it isn't. It's in that SSR two category, I think. Like yes. I don't, you know, it's like I've been doped up for twelve years. I'm not really sure, and they're like, okay, let's keep popping those pills. Yes. <laughs> They're like, well, what happened yeah. when you took it? Like, oh, hallucinations. I it was know. bad. <laughs> Wait, also, I was on 10 other medications at the same time. So I don't know. Like, Who knows what did what exactly? Yeah. The cocktail. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oi. Yeah. Oi. Oh, yeah. I, I loved something that happened to me when I was in, um, uh, what do they call it? Outpatient after uh, hospitalization that was brief and voluntary. But when I was in outpatient and they were doing the whole diagnosis thing and the whole medication thing, something that they did was they said, well, we don't know if you're psychotic. So what we're going to do in order to figure out if you're psychotic, we're going to put you on an antipsychotic and see how it goes. What? That's That was – the bulletproof medical science. Yes, it was like we're going to put you on an antipsychotic to see what happens, and and it was not great. I slept for I think like twenty hours straight, Whoa. and then when I woke up for the amount of time that I took this medication, I experienced a complete lack of morality. Interesting. It was interesting, and that's honestly how I relate to it. Where I was like, well, that was, I mean objectively fascinating yeah (laughs) it was like um because it was basically like the experience of getting to be like i mean what i would imagine it would be like to be a sociopath which was (gasps) i would walk around and i would remember like and i would like have thoughts where i would be like oh i could steal that right now or i could like do this or i could do that and then i would have no feeling attached to that and i would have to and and it all came down to me remembering i remember that i that i don't believe in that or like i am against that or i remember that i am against that and therefore will choose not to do it but like had no feelings of attachment connected to any of this that was like how deadened that medicine got me it like disconnected me from something internally it was so crazy which That's is like a terrible so time to use that terminology, but it, <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, it was bananas. Let's say it was bananas. <laughs> yeah, but um, strangely fascinating at the same time. Even yeah. to hear that, it, it's funny how like some medications do what they would make the person that has it. Like Adderall kind of brings you down if you are that kind of like that ADD thing but if you don't Uh have it then you're like on speed it's like wait you're giving speed to the person who seems like they're on speed it's like what's happening that's interesting it was it was really fascinating like and and maybe yeah like I can only imagine it was it was just that it dulled my emotions so strongly that that the attachment I felt to morality was was also dulled and absent. How long did that last for? I, I don't remember. For 20 I was hours? I was in such a zombied out state that I don't actually remember. But as soon as I, I imagine it just lasted a week because I, as soon as I got into the office and was like, so I'm experiencing this. And and I will also say what it took was um and I and I think like a huge amount of 
my experience of being at, at like while I've been treated as a patient in medicine uh, and psychiatry, so much of it is directed by how self-aware someone is and also how articulate mm. they are. So my ability mm-hmm. to notice that internally and then verbalize it in a way that another person could understand. Because as soon as yeah. I said that, they were like, well, let, let's just take you off that then. <laughs> like, yeah. If I had said it differently or not been able to understand the experience, what I was experiencing it yeah, or verbalize it, boom, right. now I'm on yeah. a medication that doesn't work and is horrifying. And I'm on it potentially for years. God knows. Mm. Like, I don't even know. But I love that you yeah. mentioned Adderall because I only just recently, within the last couple of years, got off of Adderall. I was on it for 20 years. 20? 20 years. I was, yeah, I had like a few years with it towards the end that that's the thing that like pushed me over the edge into I felt like I start my brain broke actually Mm. 20 years wow that's uh that's so are you right now like do you still take any medicine are you I thought something you want to share doesn't no no and thank you for like asking but I'm totally fine disclosing that I actually got off all psych medication mm-hmm. uh, within the last couple of years wow. and became a medical marijuana patient. Um, okay, and cool. I take very little. I just take a few drops at like, and that's, that's my choice. Um, I have yeah. access to whatever I feel works. Uh, and that's between me and my, my medical marijuana doctor. Yeah. And he pretty much puts it in my hands, which is, you know, like, what do you, f- what support do you feel you need? How does this substance help you and in, in what regards and what, what is helpful? What is not helpful? Please yeah. tell me. And and I am a resource and you make the decisions. You go in there with, you know, this amount that you're allowed to have and try different things and see, see what helps. And, uh, and basically like all I'm doing right now is I have just a little, a couple drops of a mild tincture that I take at night along with some liquid melatonin and that's been helping. And that's all I've been using for like over a year. And not only am I doing better as, as far as like PTSD, but I'm also not having seizures anymore after getting off wow. a whole bunch of psych meds because I started having seizures. Wow, and that was, for how long? There was actually a question of how long I was having seizures and it wasn't being identified as seizures because I don't have convulsive yeah. seizures. I don't I don't shake. Honestly, it just looks like I faint oh. uh, or pass out. And it took a whole year for an episode to be identified as a seizure, which then, you know, made us look back and be like, oh, there were potentially at least three other seizures. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and uh, and I was on multiple medications that can cause seizures, Adderall included. Um, oh, and Wellbutrin was one of them as and, well. Oh yeah, we've done. I'm like we. I'm like we've done Wellbutrin. Yeah, <laughs> well, like you, you, you. When you're talking yeah. about that stuff, like I, I'm imagining yeah. the, the massive like history of like medical yeah. team that is behind you of of you know, like psychiatrists and doctors, you know, making all these decisions and formulating the cocktail. Such a weird journey. Oh, yeah. Oh, Um, yeah. And it really is. And I also want to say, if you're on medication or you're thinking about getting on medication, this is not medical advice. We're sharing our own experiences. And if medication helps you, that's amazing. 100%. Because it can really help people. It It can really help people. Yes. And And I feel like I needed it for a while. 
Yes. And there was a moment I needed it. It was too painful to live in this reality. Like Mm -hmm. it, it did. There was a moment. And then it, you know, then that moment passed and it turned into like excessive and just out of control. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's, I, I, I love that you said that it's really, you know, everyone it's different things. And, you know, it's, it's amazing when you have an amazing healer that's assisting you on that journey. That's helpful. That's very helpful. Yeah. But, um, getting, getting off of Adderall has been really intense. Getting off of Adderall and Wellbutrin together has been really intense because being on a amphetamine for 20 years specifically. Yeah. How did your brain function after? Afterwards, uh, I've, I've been, basically I ended up with a completely new body and brain and uh, wow. experiencing that has been really intense so just sort of like this bizarre rebirth because I had been functioning on an, you know, like on that medication for two decades. That's a completely different experience of brain function. And so experiencing yeah. and navigating the way that my brain functions without it um, and accepting that and negotiating that um, has been really interesting and actually fascinating. And ultimately, I... I'm happy with the way that my brain functions now. And I feel an intense amount of joy in Mm. getting back to it. And I find uh, I have access to creativity in a, in a different way. I won't say that I was cut off from creativity. That's not what I experienced, but I have access to it in a different way. Um, And uh, I approach things differently and, um, and obviously my my train of thought is greatly affected and my ability to basic basically um Adderall was something that was 100% necessary while I was participating in neurotypical systems especially mm-hmm. um education in order yeah. to go through the educational system I needed to be on Adderall me personally yeah I couldn't do it without it, and I could barely do it with it. It was yeah. excruciating uh, for me personally. But I'm really happy to be off it. What I'm not happy about it is that being on it for 20 years tanked my metabolism. Oh, really? So yeah, as no, soon I mean, as I got I off my means. meds, 30-plus pounds uh, just – showed up and I have a past with an eating disorder. So I've been navigating that. And we talked about self self worth uh stuff earlier and like self hatred stuff, navigating a lot of that shit again. And also like really unhappy with um with the uh, like I I didn't realize the amount that I had internalized until all of a sudden I didn't have the kind of body that I've always had. And all of a sudden I was like, oh I thought I was like much more okay with certain things. And it turns out that I had a lot invested in having a certain body. So I, there was this point where it it was all culminating towards the end of everything in my life, kind of changing to this, get on this better path. But so I have blonde hair. I would like often do it myself and I would bleach it myself. And I was, bleaching it at home and editing and then because I do videos and stuff and I just didn't pay attention to the time and then all my hair fell out and it 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 was 
and it was, I mean, there was still some, like it was like really short, but I had no, everything about my self worth, like I had no idea how much self worth was put on my appearance. Like mm. I, I did not realize that there was this whole identity of, about the way I looked and that meaning I like was my worth. So there was this whole insane journey for like a few years of really kind of loving myself for who I am and, and realizing that, you know, this like weird relationship I had with my identity, the outside, when I say identity, I mean my outside appearance, Mm -hmm. see, even just call it, it's not my identity. Um, but that I had created this, um, this whole, it, it was my worth and it was just so painful kind of like having to deal with thinking I was, you know, there was just a lot of dealing with feeling ugly, like on a, Mm -hmm. on a horrifically, and I always had body issues. And then it, it was just so, you know, it's something I still, it's so much better, but feeling just embarrassed about the way you look is such a painful existence. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, for for having this conversation with me today. This has been incredible. And I'm so excited to get to talk to you. And uh, and thank you so much for for not just like showing up, but like really showing up and being really in the moment with me and um, and just having such insanely personal and uh, spiritual an authentic conversation that I think uh, is so incredibly important and uh, and sacred in a way. So this this kind of feels like a, a I mean kind of weird because I'm like looking at a browser window, but it also is <laughs> virtual things can be sacred too. So I feel like this yeah. was sacred in a way. So no, it was sacred. Thank it, yeah, thank you so much for um, having me on. I totally want to like continue this friendship and. Um, I, I just feel really grateful and, and I love that you shared yourself with me. You know what I mean? It was so cool. It was, um, reciprocal. Like we both, it was like, we got to know each other and, Mm -hmm. um, thank you for sharing you with me. Cause that, I think that's like a cool way to also help someone open up is when you open up too. And it's just like, um, makes it easier to talk. I think that's so true. And that's so my experience too, with just like humans and interaction is, um, is like more the number one thing that will make me feel safe to, offer something of myself as if the other person offers Mm -hmm. some of their self. And, uh, you know, that's, um, that's a really beautiful part of human interaction to me personally. And, uh, so I, I tend to, I tend to offer more than some people would consider wise, but I've just kind of embraced that about myself and and I'm trying to be smarter, but (laughs) whatever, like I'm here for it. I think, even just as a a viewer from the outside, this is, I would, I mean, I think it's energy. I hope, like, I think I've been totally intrigued and everything you're telling me and it's like, oh, I can relate to that or this, or, oh, you just made me think about that or like, yeah. And then maybe I can offer this and this. So yeah, I'm into it. Mm. Yeah. I think in like everyday life, I'm, I'm far more um, restrained 
but this is like pretty much like the podcast and the conversations I have for the podcast. I allow myself to to just be like really open and uh, and myself and and just completely show up. And uh, and the more spaces I create for myself to do that, the more that becomes my baseline. And I'm pretty happy about that. And and I think a lot of the restraint that I was showing before and thinking of it as my personality, a lot of it was fear-based and yeah. trauma-based. I'm still exploring yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, we all are. But yeah, thank you for sharing yourself too. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. Please check out the episode notes and visit Kara's website and social media to learn more about the Animal Pharmacy deck. Please visit the podcast website, www.finding-ok.com. It's where you can find all the links to my social media. It's where the new blog will be soon. It's where you can learn more about me and all my guests. It's where you can read reviews, leave reviews, contact me. It's also where you can find links to donate. There is also a private Finding OK Facebook group for survivors, and you are welcome there. There is now a membership option available through Buy Me a Coffee. By becoming a bronze, silver, or gold member, you gain access to exclusive behind-the-scenes posts, pics, clips, and even the occasional video episode. Finding OK is crowdfunded and paid for out of pocket. It is listener support that is keeping the podcast alive during the pandemic. If you can't afford to donate or become a member, one of the best ways you can support the show is by reviewing or sharing online or by word of mouth. Thank you again for listening. This has been Finding Okay. Black Lives Matter. Take care of yourself. Your heart is a muscle the size of your fist. Keep on loving. Keep on fighting. And hold on. And hold on. Hold on for your life, for your life, for your life. Your heart is a muscle, size of your fist. Keep on loving, keep on fighting. I think we have a lot of intersecting um, experiences. Yeah. Uh, in I know. Our, in our everything, journeys. Yes, no, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, everything, like, if you just saw me, I'm like shaking my head the whole time. Like, yep, mm-hmm, yep, yep. Same. <laughs> I understand. Understood. <laughs>